episode of the Bureau 42 X-Files Retrospective Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we discuss X-Files, Season 1, Episode 20, Darkness Falls. Original air date, April 15, 1994. IMDb user rating is 8.4 out of 10, which does make it one of the stronger episodes of the season. This is a fan favorite primarily because of execution. This really plays no part in the larger mythology and in the way things add up in the long term. This is focused almost exclusively on creature in the woods, isolation. The feel is actually kind of similar to Ice in terms of what was being set up. Big difference here is the director. This is director Joe Napolitano. This is his second and final directing job with the X-Files. His previous job was with Jersey Devil, and the episode was written by Chris Carter. So Chris Carter says he was inspired with the idea based on experience he had in college when they were looking at dendrochronology, studying trees and the rings and trees, and he was looking at these rings thinking there's all this history there. What can this reveal? And that's what it boils down to. And even David Duchovny was one of the first people to say when Morgan and Wong wrote, they wrote to scare the crap out of you and they didn't care how. Chris Carter was trying to scare you and give you a message. And that comes across in this episode. The basic premise is that there's a bunch of loggers at an encampment who have been taught to fear the dark by something that's been going on. We don't clearly know what it is at first. All we know is they abandon camp and start running back to civilization. Before they get back, darkness falls. Some, in what appears to the viewer to just be green lights, swarm out of the sky, surround them. We don't know what happens from there. That's the end of the teaser. After the main credits, beginning another slideshow in Mulder's office as Mulder briefs Scully on the situation. These loggers have vanished. There's no trace of them anywhere. Mulder and Scully head up to investigate. Scully's wondering why this is even in the X-File, especially since there's an environmental activist group that has already been actively opposed to the development of this project. And Mulder reveals that it dates back to an older X-Files case, in which another group of loggers working in the same region also vanished without a trace. The cast of guest stars is fairly small this time. There are basically three primary guest stars. Uh, one of them is Jason Bake, B-E-G-H-E, and if you check him out on the IMDb, he's got 92 credits to his name, and The X-Files is about halfway down the list, so the credits start in 1985 and keep going to the present day. And he's playing some sort of FBI agent or figure of authority in a lot of these areas, like G.I. Jane, it rolls in big offenses as an ADA. Just his physical presence, he's very easy to believe in law enforcement or some other role of authority there. And he also attended school in Manhattan with David Duchovny, who's one of his best friends, which may have been a factor in him getting on board and landing a role with this series. The next notable guest star is Tom O'Rourke, who plays the person who's the head of the logging company. He's had a lot of roles on Law and Order, Now and Again, Working Girl, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Simon and Simon, Santa Barbara. So a number of credits both before and after the series. The third guest star is Titus Welliver, and it's a similar idea here. He's also had a number of roles both before and after the series. Navy Seals, The Doors, Matlock, Beverly Hills 90210, The Commish, Tales from the Crypt, Murder One, Brooklyn South, NYPD Blue in eight episodes. Recurring role there. Guest starred on Star Trek Voyager on the Big Apple. So early in this season, we were seeing a lot of before they were stars kind of stars. What we're seeing by the end of the first season is a lot of actors who are not necessarily name actors and they can't really write their own ticket, but they are established. And these are the kind of actors that the X-Files is pulling in towards the end, which is often a sign that these are the kind of cast members who are noticing this show. So the people in the industry were already noticing what was going on here and asking to be a part of it. Episodes like this one are the ones that show you why. This, as I said, is a monster of the week with a bit of an environmental element that's done very very well. So we get the feeling of isolation. There's a definite timeline. There's a question about whether or not they can get out in time. We lose a couple of people along the way. It doesn't take long before they realize it's not the environmental activists who are responsible for this, and 
and everyone's going to have to team up and get together. Questions of trust are called into play. Ultimately, it is a very well put together episode, and it also challenges the questions, how should we be doing the logging? How should we be handling our natural resources? How should we be treating the environment? There's more than one instance where you can point to poetic justice at this logging company that was ignoring signs about old-growth trees, cutting them down anyway, basically brought about their own destruction. That is the core of it. What we do see by the end is it's another Monster of the Week style episode. And one of the really key points, one of the things that sets it up and keeps it in line with the rest of the series, is the ambiguous finale. When they get away, they don't get away completely clean and unharmed. There is, in this case, a definite consequence to this case. It's not like some of the other ones where Mulder and Scully see a Monster of a Week, people were not related to and weren't introduced to before the episode get hurt. This is a case where Mulder and Scully personally hit some of the ramifications. What carries a lot of it is the lighting and the way it's shot. This is probably largely due to Joe Napolitano and also to John S. Bartley, who was the director of photography throughout the first season. So at this point, they're really getting into the groove that were established, particularly in David Nutter's earlier episodes. That look and feel of the X-Files is coming through clear here. And... In two weeks, we're going to be talking about Tombs, which was another David Nutter episode, and this time working with writers Morgan and Wong, and it's going to be the first time that we bring back a villain we've seen before. So, join us in two weeks for that one. Intro and outro music is by Lastwell, created under the Creative Commons license. All other content, copyright 2014, Bureau 42. Please feel free to send any comments and feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes.